Welcome to the Divine Rhyme, a music podcast with culture, with Will Hogsett and Dylan Hughes, a part of the Running Hook Podcast Network. Welcome back, everyone, to episode two of the Divine Rhyme. My name is Will Hogsett. Here with Dylan Hughes once again. I uh, just like to give a quick shout out to Caleb Lynn for uh, doing the intro for us. Really sounds nice. Really, really has good command of his words that Caleb Lynn does. Hughes, how you doing this week? I'm doing beautiful, man. You know, just uh, just getting into the spring season and uh, trying to figure things out as always. So uh, I'm I'm doing well. Got another good pod for you, something I've been really looking forward to for a while. Um, when we started this uh, podcast off, I actually originally thought that we were going to start with the Cold World, um, and so I started listening to that. I was like, all right, wow, this, this stuff's great. Can't wait to talk about it. I had to push it off a week. Uh, but yeah, so today, here on the Divine Rhyme, me and Hughes are going to discuss uh, J. Cole's first and second album, Cold World and uh, Born Center. Uh, me personally, like I mentioned, I've had a really, really good time this week uh, listening to both these albums and just kind of going through it. Hughes, what, what about you, at least on that, the week as a whole, you know, with the albums? <laughs> Yeah, so these are two albums that I was already pretty familiar with. Like I mentioned last week, I've after listening to Four Sills Drive, I, I started going back to his older stuff, and I got into Born Center a lot last year, and Cold World probably a little bit before that. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've liked both of these for a while, and Born Center has been one of my favorite Cold projects I've listened to. Um, so going back and really digging through stuff and analyzing it this past week has been really enjoyable. Yeah, uh, and I'm sure the audience, they'll get to know this a lot about me the more we go through this. But I'm one of those guys that will be like, yeah, I love J. Cole. Uh, but in reality, just only listen to Forest Hills Drive like over and over and over and be like, man, this guy's a god. And so um, I've really enjoyed uh, listening to I mean, really, for like the first time in analyzing these two albums, and um, you know, it just gives gives you another look into who Cole is and how he's become to be the man he is today. So um, let's get started. Let's get to actually, Hughes. I know you mentioned we are coming off of uh, a day off of the death of DMX, a uh, rap hip hop legend, uh, especially. Uh, a little bit earlier in us, and I know you had some things that you wanted to mention about that. So first off, pay our respects to DMX and the um, effect he's had on music and, and the culture kind of surrounding it. Um, yeah, rest in peace. Who's, who's, what do you have? Yeah, it's it's been interesting to to kind of watch the coverage of this because, I mean, DMX has been out of the spotlight for a while. I mean, he's been doing – shows and stuff for years still but he's you know he's past his time and so you just didn't hear much about him especially you know kids like us that we were born around the time he was really big so we just didn't have a chance to to really see him in in his prime and it's been really interesting seeing all these celebrities and people in music 
you know, tell personal stories about him. I mean, obviously you have the people that are just paying their respects and just doing what people do, but there's been a lot of personal stories and, and videos I've seen from, you know, musicians that have worked with him and become his friend and just, just really showing how tragic of a loss this is and like how big of an impact he had on people. Um, so I hadn't listened to much of his music, but I've been kind of going back and, and looking at some stuff. And I, I realized that, you know, a lot of the stuff that we talked about last week on this podcast, and we're going to continue to talk about moving forward. I mean, he, he wrote a lot about this kind of stuff. Uh, so there was a couple quotes that I pulled out that I thought, uh, were a good way to, to show the kind of artist he was. So he had one line. Uh, to live is to suffer, but to survive, well, that's to find meaning in the suffering. And I mean, that's something over the past year I've personally really seen firsthand. So uh, it's really, I thought that was a really good and important line. And then another, uh, if you love something, let it go. If it comes back to you, it's yours. If it doesn't, it never was. Mm-hmm. And again, just another thing that I've really learned lately. So, and there's a million other lines he has like that. Um, you know, he was really, he was really interested in faith. I think in every album he like had a song dedicated to like faith, uh, and you know, Jesus and all that stuff. So really, really unique artist and, uh, one that again, doesn't, hasn't been talked about a lot recently, but, uh, definitely a huge loss and, uh, definitely important that people recognize the kind of stuff that he was talking about. Absolutely, Hughes. Um, Like you mentioned, DMX was a little bit early, at least for my time specifically. Uh, I'm sure for yours as well, but there's no doubt um, just by the name recognition, although I haven't heard most of most of his music, the kind of impact he's he's had on um, most of the artists probably still in the rap hip hop game, including the one we're talking about today. So definitely a huge loss. Wishing um, the best for uh, his family in this time of, you know, um, you know, suffering to an extent, but what's good is going to go. And that's kind of how it always is. So rest in peace to DMX and, um, let's get started with this podcast. So the first album that we are going to discuss is J Cole's first album. It is, uh, the Cole world, a sideline story released in 2011. His first, um, his first album, you know, this is it was his first album uh, on a, a record label, so really that's where where people kind of start off with J Cole. Uh, as I mentioned, I didn't, I hadn't listened to this album much uh, before we started this podcast, but the more I, I listened to it, the more I really, really enjoyed um, not just the message in it alone, but um, you know, a lot of the individual songs as well. And, you know, from, from a music standpoint, I think they are really good songs and and there's, there's a lot more than the message that he kind of sends. So, um, Hughes, what, what, what stood out to you about Cold World specifically? So it was interesting listening to this because the more I listened to it, the more I saw it as like an advanced version of the come up, it was almost as yeah. it, it was like the come up after he already came up. Yeah. Like it, it was, he, you know, he talked about a lot of similar things. And as we talked about last week, you know, a lot of it like was 
I don't want to say surface level, but mm-hmm. I mean, the come up was just, it was almost like before he knew better on a lot of things. Mm-hmm. So he just, he didn't have um, a ton of perspective on like fame, especially. And in Cole world, you get some of that still where, where you can tell he still has things to learn, but, but he also has learned a lot already despite, you know, still being pretty early on of actually being signed. And, Absolutely. And, and so, I mean, right off the bat with Dollar and a Dream 3, you know, again, this is something he talks about a lot, especially early on. He talks about it in Born Center a little bit, but by that point he's kind of moved on. But he just continues to talk about the come up and, like, mm-hmm. some, of the, some of the tough choices he had to face early on. Um, I mean, you know, this is something we talked about last week too with the come up and the warm up a little bit where – you know, you feel like you know what you want to do and you know where you're going, but before you actually see the proof of that, you you kind of have some doubts in your mind. And he talks about that on this and, and having to, you know, really stay strong. And he talks about, you know, wanting to give up at times, um, especially when he was still at like the bottom of the totem pole mm-hmm. um, financially and all that. So that was uh, – I thought that was a pretty – interesting way to kick off the the record yeah it's definitely and this i don't mean this by any disrespect but it's definitely a glorified mixtape you know and it's the fact that he's he's still even in his first album he's trying to like prove himself to an extent right and he's trying to be like i'm in the game now and even though he's had a record deal he's had three different mixtapes he's still like i'm meant to be here and i'm going to talk about why i'm meant to be here and we'll talk again about we'll talk more about born center late uh, later but it's almost as if like in born center he's kind of realized he is there and so that's where the content kind of takes off but i will say as you mentioned about um uh dollar in a dream three i think that's his best uh dollar in a dream i think he's kind of finally realized um to an extent what the dollar in the dream kind of stands for and it's almost like he's able to move through it and then and then he goes to can't get enough and lights please and i think those two songs um are really are really good um at least culturally you know finding finding that fit of himself within uh the hip-hop community the rap community because you know lights please and um the other one that i mentioned can't get enough those are definitely you know hip-hop songs in comparison to rap and so i i also think that that's a that's an interesting um jump he kind of takes in this tape as a whole it's like maybe he's not a rapper you know, a rapper, rapper. He he kind of throws a little hip hop, a little melodic um, sounds into there. And so I think, I mean, to start off his initial album, you got the intro, which is a be- beautiful piano laid around kind of him talking a little bit. And then he comes out with these three songs. I think, I think it's really, really, really nice way to start. And it's also uh, musically um, and like sonically uh, enjoyable to listen to as well. Yeah, and again, this is this has been an interesting discovery of of going back and listening to the older stuff after listening to the more recent stuff because with the exception of some of the songs on KOD, like he he caught to a point I think with those three albums before that where he wasn't making club songs anymore. He wasn't making radio songs, but 
Cold World, there's it almost feels like half of those songs are kind of meant to be radio hits. Mm-hmm. And that's that's been an interesting thing because again, can't get enough in Lights Please. And we've already heard Lights Please, but mm-hmm. that was kind of a, a transplant song he put on here. Um but like I think there's six songs that are essentially about how he wants to sleep around and not be in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> yeah. that's kind of the story. That's kind of the story. All those songs, they just sound differently. And they're all good songs. They all sound good. Like they're, they're a great song to like, you know, drive around in your car to. But as I was really analyzing the lyrics to these, I almost got a little disappointed that he felt the need to put that much of the same story basically in this in this album and and one of the songs work out which is much later on and we can touch on that later um and it even has a story that parlays into born center Mm -hmm. but you know in the morning and work out two other later songs that are the same it's so it's like you you see a lot of that and you know, it, it, it's, it's nice that that was kind of the last taste of a lot of that stuff mm-hmm. because, you know, again, it's an interesting or it's a it's an important part of his of his, you know, early career. Like he he didn't want to get locked down like he he could have got anything he wanted, including women. And he was very, like, proud of that. I think that he, he could just do what he wanted um, and not have to commit. but. Um, so it's an important part to include, but I felt like he played it a little bit up too much. I'd agree. I definitely agree. And, um, especially once you get past those three, like the initial part of this album to me is really like you mentioned, like the mixtapes, only a glorified version, you know, and then it's only after, um, you know, and I enjoyed sideline story. I honestly, I didn't really love Mr. Nice Watch as a song as a whole. And so here's what I was going to ask you about that, Hughes. Um, it's awfully, obviously a different time than 2011. And you see a bunch of these features kind of sprinkled in throughout this album. How much of Mr. Nice Watch was just getting a Jay-Z feature into the album? And how, at the, what's, what's the difference in a Jay-Z feature impact in 2011 compared to 2021? You know? Well, yeah, back then, Jay-Z, I mean, I I understand why he wanted to put Jay-Z in there because I almost think it was like a paying homage type of deal because, I mean, he was still, he was pretty, like, I think it had only been a year or two since he signed with Rock Nation at that point. Mm-hmm. And, and one listening back to last week, I don't think we mentioned that he was actually Rock Nation's first artist that signed with them. Um, so it was a big deal for him and for them, I think, um, to come together. So, you know, it was, I think it was important for him. And, and he, I mean, he talked about Jay-Z a lot, even before he was signed by Mm Jay-Z. Um, so, you know, I, I I think that was someone he kind of looked up to and was, was, uh, really happy to be signed with. So he, he kind of just wanted to throw him on there. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I personally like the song. It's, Again, it's a it's a radio song, but I actually was able to pull something out of this because you know you know he talks about enjoying fame and like you know no more Mr. Nice Guy now I'm Mr. Nice Watch. It's like 
it's still kind of like a fuck you i made it type of song which again he talks he you know he kind of plays out a little bit too much like he's he's trying to prove himself even though he already proved himself so that part you know it is what it is but i do like that he talks about how you can make money back but not time Mm -hmm. uh in that song and because you know that's an interesting thing with people and i don't think rich people have to deal with it much but uh people get and i've been victim to this too a victim of myself i should say of focusing on like saving money too much and like worrying about the future but you gotta live in the moment and enjoy the moment and everyone talks about money but time is the most valuable resource we have Mm -hmm. you can never make time back and you can always make money back so Again, it was a radio song, but I I feel like at least there was a a hint of a message in there. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. And I think um especially with like you mentioned, Jay Z had signed with Rock Nation. He wanted to get he wanted to get that out there. Um, and we're, we're going to talk about this obviously a little bit later, but there's no, no doubt the, the respect that Cole has for previous generations. You know, there's no doubt, um, that Cole has listened to these people, um, whether it be Jay-Z, um, whether it be Nas, I mean, <laughs> that's the obvious one that we're going to talk about. Tupac, all of these people that he, all of these people that he looked up to, there's no doubt that he looked into their uh, category, their musical category, and and thought, what can I do similar and what can I do better? And I think this is just kind of one of those moments where it's like, all right, this is a, a, a mixture of the generations. Um, but going going ahead with the um, with the features, I, I really like Cold World. And Cold World's one of those songs where it's like, I like parts of it, but I, I just don't know if the lyrics kind of – uh, at least in the verses, kind of fuse 100% with the message of the song and the message of the album. And again, I mean, the chorus, I like I like Cold World's chorus. I like, but I again, it just kind of feels like at this point he's throwing together some uh, some lyrics with with the song to kind of throw to put it together instead of focusing on the message, which I mean, it's still a good song and like I still enjoy it. But as you look into some of his better stuff, you really notice like wow, every single thing he says kind of hits to an extent. And so that's why I'm asking you about in the morning because I think that's when this this album really really takes a turn from. Um, mixtape Cole to the J. Cole that we know. And I mean, in the morning, still kind of a song, get Drake on the, on the, on the track, kind of bump it up a little bit. Um, and then he hit, and then his next run of songs are just absolutely nuts. And so Cole or, um, Hughes, I want to, I want to see what you have of, uh, in the morning, if anything, and then I'm going to let you kind of take over as it relates to the second half of this album. Yeah, I agree that the the second half definitely picks up and there's a few songs I am not a huge fan of uh, that we can talk about. In the Morning is, again, like this goes back to what I said earlier, it's it's like a sex song that's going to sell on the radio and that's, yeah. and that's fine. Like that's, it's not something that I'm like looking down upon him for because again, I, I think, and, and, it's hard to not delve into Born Center because 
<laughs> a lot of the stuff that we see on Cole, Cole World, he kind of addresses on Born Center. Absolutely. Um, so that I'm looking forward to getting ahead um, <laughs> on that. But, you know, he he wanted to make hits. Like, he he wanted to sell songs because mm-hmm. he felt like, he felt like he wasn't getting enough attention. He felt like he kind of had to, he had that voice in his head and maybe even the voice outside his head, as far as like the record label, mm-hmm. like it's, no it's all about money. It's all about money. And to get money, you got to get hits. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's why a lot of these songs, I mean, seriously, lights, please, Mr. Nice guy in the morning. Like those are those and work out. Those are four radio hits at least mm-hmm. where, you could tell those were tailored towards making the radio. And again, great songs. They're songs that, you know, a bunch of people can relate to. But as far as a message, there's, there's nothing in it. But Which, Absolutely. again, is fine. But you could just tell that with, with some of these songs, there was a very specific purpose to make the radio. Absolutely. And I think it's interesting, too, as well, Hughes, uh, especially once you look into the next four or five songs, um, what what it leads you into, at least a Born Center, okay? And so you got Lost or In the Morning, and then you followed by Lost Ones, which is one of the most introspective, really vulnerable and you know we threw out the word vulnerable uh, a lot last week but that's again that's a j cole that i love and that's when i really started to see j cole kind of take off in this album and it's like almost to the point where after in the morning he realizes it's like okay i can make hits all day long but at at some point i want to talk about how i feel and what i want to talk about and lost ones it's 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 him you know kind of reliving a situation that he had with his father right and how his father's kind of never been there and him falling in his footsteps and he does a really good job of juxtapositioning his raps not not even just like with a message wise but making it sound different as well so you could really pick up who's him and who's this supposed girl that he's talking to right about you know having a baby and having having these thoughts about, you know, do I want the baby? Am I going to be able to be there for the baby or not? And it's, again, at J. Cole at his most vulnerable. And I think that's why Lost Ones, personally, I've attached to so much. And then he goes into Nobody's Perfect, which is just, again, that's this that's where in this, in this album, I think J. Cole really starts to find himself. Because he's, in the next four to five to six songs, he's really putting together songs that just, the message flows. The message flows from one song to another. It's uh, not about the radio. It's about what he feels and how he feels about himself. And um, and then I think, again, it's interesting to throw a workout then after that, just reminding you, like, okay, <laughs> I'm still trying to make – I'm still trying to make money. I'm still trying to make kids. But, uh, you know, and we do our three-song medley, and I really wanted to go with Lost Ones, Nobody's Perfect, Never Told for it. Uh, at the end of the day, I, I, I didn't. Because I think Born Sinners just they got a couple three song track that really really does it a little bit more, but if I had to throw a second place up, I'd probably go to those three and then Rise and Shine and God's Gift, sonically the flowing of them together along with the message, it's just those were really just the most impressive part about this album to me. Hughes, if you got anything else to throw in about those, I'd love to hear it. Yeah, and you know what's what's really cool about going back and listening to all these full and, and through is that 
we really do get to see Cole like slowly develop and, and in some ways quickly develop. Absolutely. And, and Absolutely. He's, he, he very, he's very, um, the, the good thing about him being so vulnerable is that you really have no doubts of who he is at any point. It's like, there's, there's nothing he says that you have to really question. Mm-hmm. And with a lot of rappers, and again, like he's, he's, he's not really a rapper. I mean, he can be a rapper, but he's, he's like that rapper slash hip hop. Like he's, uh, you know, he's not the tip prototypical rapper. That's just basically completely tailored to the, the radio. Yeah. And he, he throws his soul bits. into it. You know, he throws his soul into it and whether it's the kind of, um, music he makes R and B or hip hop, which I think when you kind of fuse, the, fuse the two, you kind of get a little bit more soul naturally. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, you could be a hip hop rapper and a, or just a normal rapper and not have much soul. But you know, he throws himself into his music, which I, I think that's kind of what you're going along with. Yeah, and and it's fascinating because again, with lost ones, I mean, I agree with what you said that like you really you really start to see that side of him where d- just the awareness of who who he is and and how he is who he is. Um, is really interesting um, to see because again, not a lot of people are able to do that. And and he was still very young at this time; like he was just a few years removed from college. So for him to be able to recognize like his behavior and maybe why he's doing things the way he's doing things, and looking at you know the way his father handled things, uh, it's it's really interesting. Um, and it's important, like the stuff he talks about in that song, particular with you know fathers not really being there. That that's something that you know a lot of a lot of kids have to deal with, and especially a lot of kids where he came from. He, mm-hmm. I mean, it's something it's something he's not afraid to touch on because you know that's that's part of his story. And again, that's why I love going back and listen to all this because you start to get context for the stuff he makes now and the person he is now. And for him to be able to, to lay that out as well as he does um, is really impressive. And nobody's perfect. Just, just great rapping. Like every time it comes on, it's like, it's like, man, is this my favorite song on the record? Like it might be, it's, it's just, it's just a great listen. And Never told another thing relating to his father mm-hmm. with like, he has a little thing in there where he's like, if his dad is like, if you want to be a man, you can't go telling your mama everything you see, mm-hmm. which is him saying, if you catch me cheating, don't tell your mom. And he's trying to make him feel bad for it because he's trying to say, you're not a man. If you go tell your mom about this. So it's just, it's just really fascinating to see the the impact that his dad had on him when he was there and he when he wasn't there mm-hmm. and then you go and then you go into rise and shine and i i don't know why this song it, most of it most of it's probably the production the in, the lead up into it's great you obviously know you're kind of switching um bases as it relates to where you are in the album and then he says, like we all always do with this time, and that bass just smacks. And he goes, Cold blowing your mind. And you know, it's like, all right, here we go, here we go. It's a different, it's a different 
it's a different alley, you know, he, he moves into a different alley in regards to the album as a whole. And then the chorus, man, and this is where you start to see some of those board center tendencies. I think that's where you start to see him kind of looking into himself a little bit. And, you know, like, instead of rapping about, yeah, I made it and kind of like proving it to you. Like I made it, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do. Um, he really starts to talk about what he wants to do in his life beyond rap and what he wants to do um, as a person. And so, I mean, the chorus, the chorus, it's so simple, but before I wake, I pray to the Lord, my soul to take, my soul to take. And that just hits me every time. And then the production starts to come back in. And so that's what I mean when I think like at the end of the album, you really start to see not only him as a, as a songwriter, kind of transform into this and into this kind of another level but you also see the production matching it as well and i think and i'm gonna talk a lot more about this in born center but with the later part of this album and born center you really start to see the fusion of this is not just a rap song this is not just a song where this guy raps makes a cool beat and raps on top of it this is a song that has emotion thrown into it this is really really him and the production only 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 pushes that even further and then you go god's gift which kind of feeds into feeds in from rise and shine and god's gifts is obviously him talking about like god's gift he's been given this gift of life of knowledge of awareness to make it out of where he made it out of which a lot of people couldn't made it out make it out of and it's him saying, you know, I'm going to fucking do this thing. I'm going to do it for the people who didn't make it out, essentially. And I'm going to use it um, no matter what, no matter what I can. And so what, what do you got? Do you have anything on those two, Hughes? Well, yeah, I mean, just what you're saying with, with the sound. I mean, that's, that's one thing that it's amazing to go back and listen to. Like, he, he has always had such a great ear for the sound. Mm-hmm. And and this is something I touched on a little bit last week with how he's he's unique in the genre for being able to use different instruments because I mean a lot of a lot of rap and even just regular hip hop R and B is it can just be like piano and drums and he mixes a lot of different stuff in there and his ability to take you up and down like kind of on a roller coaster throughout these albums is is really impressive because. You know, there's a song that, that you'll get introspective and you'll you'll start to really think about some stuff and, and then the next song it brings you right back up where where you're just kinda happy again, you're enjoying the moment and, and then maybe the next song will be like that, but then he'll bring you back down again. And I just think his ability to balance balance the emotions is amazing and and again, sometimes he's gonna mix a really nice message in there, sometimes it's just gonna be an upbeat, fun song. Um, and in this part of the album, I think you really start to see that, especially. Yeah. Um, and there's, there's no doubt about it. And I think that's what keeps the audience and even like audience, like I was my first time listening, who's not really kind of going for, uh, the foundation of the album as a whole and more of a, uh, just how the album sound basis, it keeps the audience engaged. It's like, okay. He's able to, it's not the same song over and over and over and over again, you know, and some people who find their lane and are really good at making like a hit song, 
you kind of get jaded with some of these albums, right? Because you're like, okay, well, I mean, yeah, it's a good song, but like, I don't want to hear it 21 times. You know, I don't want to hear that kind of same beat over and over again. And I think, again, that's what J. Cole is able to do to grasp that, grasp the audience initially, but also make them want to go deeper into the music to think about what is this guy saying? And then, and then, like you mentioned, and I, I'll let you talk about this um, a little bit more. Um, but you get these four or five albums, and then it's like right back to workout, <laughs> you know, which is obviously a single. It's obviously a radio hit, um, but it's also interesting. It's like okay, you had these four or five, six songs, and then you're right back to workout. What do you think that? What do you? What? What, what are your thoughts on that? Use. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I was talking about. Like, so you get Rise and Shine and God's Gift, which are like, like I made it. This is what I want to do, and all that. And then you get to Breakdown, which is almost a tragic song where he tells essentially three different stories of you know, like it starts off with talking about barely seeing his dad. Like he had just seen his dad for the first time in a while. And just talking about the impact it has on him. Um, because, you know, there's a lot of bad things he says about his dad. But obviously, his presence in his life is still very important. That Like, everyone needs a fatherly figure. And when you have kind of like a come and go type of situation like he had, uh, he just talks about the toll it had on him. And then he talks about, you know, the cops killing black people, essentially just you know, the this, this stuff that he's seen in North Carolina and the stuff he continues to see in New York City, where there's there's people that look like him, you know, that, are, that came from the same place he came from that are being killed in the street. And there's just really no repercussions. And it's just something that and this is something he talks about in in future songs as well, especially in Born Center, where it's almost like a feeling of helplessness where he, you can't do anything about, I mean, we continue to see it today, 10 years later, you know, the same things are happening where, where, you know, where people are being killed by the police. And it's something that, that he touches on a lot that, you know, that, that gets to him. And then he, the final verse of breakdown, he talks about his mom basically. And, and the impact that she had when, when, um, his father left and it, it's just again it's this this is a part of the album where you kind of get to that valley where it's like it's like really kind of sad it makes you think a little bit but then again you go right to work out and who that just two songs that that are very bass heavy like they really get you going so mm-hmm. um and and as far as those two songs i don't have anything to say again they're just kind of like kind of the same radio type of thing but but I think that part of the album is, is such a great example of the type of roller coaster you could take you on. Um, I, I'm going to mention one thing, and I, I got another question to kind of end in the talk about um, uh, Cold World. But I, I think it's really interesting, like you mentioned, uh, about him talking about those issues and breakdown and them kind of being there. Uh, still, you know, looking 10 years ahead in time, still, still, still facing the same issues as a society, still facing a bunch of the same, um, you know, circumstances. And 
this is not a Forest Hills Drive podcast, but I'm I'd be wrong if I didn't at least throw in a little little something about Forest Hills Drives. But I think that's why Forest Hills Drive specifically to me has been so refreshing so refreshing because i could go i could look back at it and in 2021 and be like man this guy is this guy's talking about this in 2014 you know like this guy's still talking about this in 2014 and we're still dealing with these issues and uh, like we've talked about before the more the more we listen to these albums and compared to our current circumstance the more they ripe with age that the more they're just like you know, man, J. Cole has always been real. That J. Cole has always been this guy to tell it has how, how it is. And because of that, it has allowed us to kind of view things in retrospect in a way that we probably wouldn't be able to beforehand. And I think that that's specifically what I liked about J. Cole. Um, and so I'm going to toss it off to you, but I'm also going to ask you, uh, what what do you think the peak of this album is like? What and I know you kind of talked about the valley valley to an extent. But where do you think it? Where do you where do you think it peaks at? You know that's an interesting. I would say in the middle. Um, you get a pretty good run. Like I would say from sideline story to in the morning is kind of like the top because it's. It's it's almost like he's that's his mountain. That's like that's the mountain that he wanted to climb. Um, because sideline story, he talks about again. He goes back to his come up and and using his circumstances to his advantage. And this is something he talks about in Born Center, which we can talk about obviously uh, soon. How he he almost pre- reaches to you know the people that are in Fayetteville or like in a similar situation where. Like, you can use, like, you know, we're held down by, by the establishment, essentially. But there's things you can do to, to use in your favor. Like, you, you have to get into their institutions, and that's how we're going to come up. And that's how he talks about – he talks about his college experience a lot because that was – and his college experience in New York, especially, mm-hmm. how that was kind of his way out. And, you know, of course he became a rapper, but – that college experience still helped him take advantage of the system essentially. So that, I think that was a good way to start it. And then the next three songs, he kind of talks about again, where he is now, what he wants to do with his fame and the, the kind of stuff he, this, the kind of things he can experience uh, now that he is where he is. So I, I thought that was like a, that was almost the perfect way to rap. Cause like you said, it's like a, it's basically like a, uh, an upgraded mixtape and i thought that part was the perfect kind of bow to tie on all the mixtapes and all the stuff he talked about previously mm-hmm. so i think it's time to transition um don't get me wrong i loved i really loved cold world i i, I really really did and whenever i say glorified mixtape i I kind of feel bad for saying that because at the end of the day, it was nothing like his mixtapes. I mean, he put all these songs together and though there wasn't a singular message necessarily, right? Necessarily. uh, He still talked about his come up and I mean, that's a message in itself. And you see the development as Cole, as as an artist, as a human being, I mean, really as a human being in, in Cole world, but, and, here's the transition to born center born center is more of a calculated album 
in my opinion, it re- really is more of a calculated album, and it's like he's gotten all he's gotten the he's gotten off the hump, he's gotten off the schneid as a baseball little baseball reference thrown into there. Um, he's gotten off the schneid, and he's not focused about proving himself too much anymore. And he's more focused on let me send a message, let me. Let me and again at the end of Cold World, you know, you got God's gift and uh, breakdown and a lot of those songs that kind of start talking about what he wants to do as a person, right? Um, and then and then the next album he drops is Born Sitter, and you kind of start seeing that. And I, it's released in 2013, so uh, two years removed from his uh, debut. Um, it's got 21 songs, um, most of which honestly are, are really good you know I, uh, we, I i talk about him not missing in many albums but this is one even like the interludes man like you, you could take stuff from the interludes as well um i really enjoyed listening to this album again like i mentioned it was my first time kind of going through it analytically other than just listening to the songs on a radio kind of hit basis did i like them did i like them not I know that this album kind of struck something with you. And the more I listen to it, Hughes, I absolutely, absolutely agree. And I can't wait to talk about that more, but I'll kind of let you take off with it. What do you think about this album? Uh, and then how do you think it compares to um, Cold World as well? Yeah, so this this is such a great album because right off the bat, you're just hooked with Voluminati. I mean... Just a just a great sounding song. I mean, every time I throw it on, I'm just like excited because it's like it's the beginning of of a show. I mean, it's it's such a great way. And and I think listening back to his older stuff now, I I think he may be one of my favorite artists as far as introductions. Yes. Like he yes. he does such a great yes. job of of setting things up. And again, next week with Forest Hills Drive, it's going to be more of the same. Like he's and, and after that, like just every, literally everything he puts out, like the, the first song really just sets the mood and, and lets you know what's, what's to come. And, and Voluminati was such a great song, you know, again, talking about overcoming the odds and, and a lot of the, the stuff that we've seen with the come up, but now you start to see, Hey, I'm, I've been here for years now. Here's what I deal with now. So he talks about, you know, a lot of the demons he faces. And that's that when I say that sets the tone for the album, this, the album is called born sinner because it's, I mean, it's a nod to the fact that everyone's a born sinner. Like everyone makes mistakes. Everyone has temptations. And this album is a lot of it is him showing how he's not perfect and how he tries to deal with a lot of that stuff. And and that was just a really interesting way to start it off. And, you know, he talks about um, how he, you know, he can't abandon what got him here. Um, and he's just, again, just very aware of the situation. And this is where the sexual stuff starts to really move on into like a more mature manner with Land of the Snakes, where he talks about how he realizes that all these sexual flings he's having with, you know, just random girls he meets in college or whatever. Yep. Um, you know, he, he, he kind of just moves on and pushes these stuff away. But, you know, these, 
these flings have actual impacts on the other people. Like he, he recognizes that he was treating these girls wrong and he was just looking at them like as a one night stand. Um, but they didn't look at it that way. And, you know, he, he tells the story of meeting this girl that he went to college with that he hooked up with. And, you know, he feels like he's on top of the world because he's J Cole now, you know, mm-hmm. he's the guy, mm-hmm. but she, she doesn't think he's shit because he hit it and quit it type of deal. Mm-hmm. And, and so it, it was an interesting look into that side where it's like, he, like he kind of realizes that he can't be, you know, he's, he's not perfect. He can't just do whatever he wants because that has uh, impacts on other people. And then with power trip, it, it just, this was an interesting song because, and he is so good at building on old songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Power Trip is Dreams 2.0. We mm-hmm. talked about Dreams last week in the warm up. Yeah, literally. Where, literally. Where, he, where he, you know, this girl he doesn't really even know he falls in love with and fantasizes over. And again, such, he's just so good at laying things out. This is the perfect uh, follow up to Land of the Snakes because he runs into the same girl that he wrote, he wrote Dreams about. And he wants to have sex with her, obviously. That's what he's been fantasizing about this whole time, but she's not, you know, she's not letting him in that easy. And, and she is the one that has the power for the first time. So he's, again, he's J Cole, but he doesn't have power what, for what feels like the first time. So again, just such a great look into his mind and, and right off the bat, he kind of shows um, some of the negative things of, of his fame and the, the consequences that he's facing for, prior actions yeah and uh, there's no doubt about that and kind of going on with that land of snakes and the power trip it's you know it's almost not a power trip he's the girl like you mentioned has had the power but it's almost him realizing that he's been on this power trip right this power trip for so long and then moving on to the next part of the album you kind of see that playing into the end of the album where it's like, okay, power is not what I want to an extent, right? This is, I want, I want more than that. And I, you know, I, I'm going to go back a little bit. I'm going to talk about the Kearney sermon, sermon set, skit, because I think that's really, really important, especially when you think about the chorus of the Illuminati and he's like, um, you know, they asked me in the Illuminati, I'm not going to be in the Illuminati. I'm a black guy that's made a million dollars. Everyone else is, the Illuminati is what people think are white billionaires that just want to like kind of control the world. And then you go into this current Kearney sermon skit where it's interesting. It's like, you want, you want saved pay fifty nine ninety nine a month, right? Pay this money to get saved. And it's like, it's just a juxtaposition of what people think is like, you know, evil and stuff like that. And then you go into the sermon where he's like, I could save you for 60 bucks a month or for however much a month. And I think what, at least in my opinion, my site, my, my thought of that song is like, you're not going to pay. You're not going to, you're not going to do anything other than go within to figure out the answers. Right. And I think that's, I think that especially hitting that after the first track in the album is really, really powerful. Um, if you're able to see kind of the juxtaposition, the, the, the irony of the whole thing, right. To 
accepting that you're a born sinner. And it's almost as like, if you're paying that, if you're paying that guy, you're like, teach me how not to be. But I think as, as we talked about before, awareness is, is so crucial in becoming who you want to be. And it's just like, it's him throwing that out there. It's like, okay, you could try to be who you want to be, but the only way that's the only thing that's going to make you who you really are is by accepting who you are, accepting the things that you've gone through and accepting the, the issues and the, the situations that God or whatever you believe in has tossed you, you know, and learning from them. And, and again, born Center is just such a perfect title for this album. And I agree. Um, in every single way with land of the snakes and power trip and power trips interesting because it's such a good song as well as a good message like power trip i i mean i go back to this album and like i told you i i hadn't heard much of it you know i mean i've heard obviously i've heard power trip right i've heard she knows i've heard crooked smile and going back into this album I just think of all of those songs, every single one of those radio, you know, hit songs that people want to say, it's just completely, completely different, man. And it's so interesting whenever you view them in the, in the context of as a whole album, rather than in the context of a single song, the different kind of mindset that he's able to put on you. And, and so that's why I want to go into trouble and you get the more money, the more money interlude, which I think again, J. Cole in this album is just so, so good and so able at put, putting together not just an album of songs that you like, but important interludes and important parts in, within the album to help you kind of contextualize what he's meaning. And so he goes, Mo Money, obviously that's what he's been facing, uh, you know, whether it be through his mixtapes or the cool world. And then Trouble, man, which that song lyrically production wise is what hooks you uh, but it's just the first time in in any of these in, in any of this where where i was just like thrown away by the song as a whole you know and the, and and the pro- the production is not it's not good it's great you know it, it adds that is that it adds that level of emotion that you're not able to get with just people talking and that's what music's for right like it adds, it adds another dynamic that you're not able to see just by listening to the lyrics. You, 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 you feel it, you feel it within the production. Um, and so Hughes, I'm interested to see if you have anything in regards to that as well. Yeah. I mean, I, I echo everything you said and like, it's, it's just, it's, it's amazing because when we're sitting down analyzing these songs, like I try to focus on the lyrics because I want to see what he's trying to say. Right. Mm-hmm. But you just get so caught up in the sound, man. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's, he's so, it's like, seriously, that's why you have to listen to these songs like almost at least three times yeah. just so you can fully understand the entire, like every angle of the song, because it feels like the first time you have to just sit back and kind of soak it in mm-hmm. really, really feel out what it is. And then after that, the next two or three times, you kind of start breaking down like, oh, you know, what was the pace of this song? What was he saying? What was the sound, the production? It's like there's there's so many different angles. And yeah, with like the first handful of songs on here, you really see that. And again, Trouble is another interesting look at, uh, 
you know, this, this is the first time where he really starts to kind of worry about how he's treating women. And this is and trouble and runaway, I think are the perfect back to back and, and runaway. The more I listen to it, I wonder if it's my favorite song. Like it, it's not a song I really clung to in the past. Um, the, there's some songs at the end I really love that we'll get to, but, but the more I listen to Runaway, I'm like, man, it's such a unique sounding song from Cole. It's very different, uh, the way he did it. And it's, it's kind of hard to describe, you know, that, how it's different, but if you go back and listen, you'll understand. Uh, but this is just a great song of, it really encapsulates all the, the, it basically encapsulates the entire album into one song. Like what, all the problems that he's really seeing and he's realizing that a lot of the stuff he wanted in the past, he doesn't want now. And this, he's like running away from this stuff. He's, you know, he's, he's starting to realize that maybe he does kind of want to commit to a woman. And like, you know, there's, there's a lot of guys that have a good girl back home. And when they go out on tour, they're, you know, running through a bunch of new girls. And like he he talks of like and that's something he bragged about in the past but now he's realizing wow like this is this is really bad and this is not you know we're we're made in the image of god like we but we're doing this stuff like that's that's not how it's supposed to be and then and and coming up he talks about money a lot and and the evils of money mm-hmm. and and the, again going back to the kearney sermon skit with like you know trying to sell a course on that it's like, that's, that's the perfect, it, I, I'm not a huge fan of skits usually in albums, mm-hmm. but that one does work really well for this because it, it sets that up what he talks about later on with, with just how awful greed is and like the stuff he sees and people will take advantage of anything and try to sell a course on it. And like, just to get personal for a second, because I've really transitioned into like, I feel like my mission now is to kind of help, help people become happier and like help people kind of overcome a lot of the suffering that we put on ourselves. And there's a lot of people that do that and they sell a course on it. Yep. And I'm not going to criticize that because at the end of the day, you're helping people and they are willing to pay for your course. So that's great. But me personally, I, I would not be able to live with myself um, selling tricks on how to be happy. Like, I just think that's crazy that, that that's the kind of stuff that happens in this world. Like I I will never, I will never like sell happiness to a person. You know, I I just think that's crazy. And like, Uh that's something that again, that Kearney sermons get, you really start to see. And a lot of this album, some of the later songs, especially he talks about that where people will do anything for a dollar. And like, and, and people are, you know, whether you believe in an afterlife or not, you're risking, you're basically, you're kind of risking your afterlife for these earthly gains. And you're not really working out of the goodness of your heart for a lot mm-hmm. of the things you do. So mm-hmm. this, this, I think runaway was the, per, like, I don't know if it's necessarily a transition into the rest of the album, but I think it sets up a lot of those later songs perfectly. Yeah, and you're right. You're right. It's like, just to kind of comment on the uh, esoteric part of that, it's, you know, 
you want to do good and you feel like you're helping other people, but at the end of the day, if you're doing it just to make a dollar, if you're just doing it for uh, the monetary gain, then, then, then how much are you, you know, actually helping. Right. And it's, you know, I'm not trying to get political into it, but that's kind of like the capitalism mindset, right? You find something that you find you're good at and you do it. And the more you start doing it for the money, the less you start doing it for the genuine intent of the reason that you started doing it, which was to help people and to help people grow and to share at the end of the day, all it is is sharing a perspective, you know, sharing a different perspective. And maybe that you're or J Cole or anyone's perspective is a little bit more informed and again, more informed. That's all, all that is, is just an idea, right? Like who's more informed than anyone else. I mean, no one to an extent, they just know different, different set of skills, different set of ideas than other people. But there's no doubt that, this that song specifically along with along with the girl thing with him is just him kind of like realizing this other part of himself that at the end of the day only only he and god kind of can judge right and so that's why i think he goes straight into she knows you know and it's so it's so interesting because she knows is a absolute banger like it's one of those songs on uh, Cold World where you're like, is this song made just for the radio? But that's where I think Born Center improves a lot because yeah, this is a hip hop song. This is a song maybe for the radio, but at the end of the day, there's so much more to it. And I, I'm, she knows is a song that I'm, I've listened to forever. Although I hadn't listened to the Born Center album, I listened to that song forever and I just loved it. And like I talked about before, the more I listen to this album as a whole, the, the more it puts it into perspective. And, um, you know, I, I don't know if you have anything about uh, She Knows, but the next couple of songs as well, I, I also want to ask you about um, Rich, Inward, and then uh, Where's Your Main, Where's Your Main, which, again, another skit that just kind of fits in well. Uh, Hughes, talk about those songs. Um, How Much For Your Soul, Anna? <sighs> And that's obviously talking about his um, his record deal. Uh, at least that's what I kind of picked up for it. Uh, Hughes, what what do you have on those those songs? Yeah. So again, to just add on to what you said, so Power Trip and She Knows, like those are the two the two radio songs you look at. Mm-hmm. But again, like you said, that's the difference between this and the prior stuff. Is he was able to figure out how can I get on the radio, but also send a message? Mm -hmm. So unlike the first ones, and especially with Cold World, where there was a bunch of singles that again, they were all kind of the same message. They just sounded different. They all sounded good, but it was all based around sex. And with these, he was able to turn, you know, true feelings and thoughts into a song that sounds really good and could actually make the radio. Absolutely. And and again, like you listen to the to the more recent albums and it's the same of that. Like all the stuff that makes the radio actually has something inside of it worth listening to. So he he just did such a great job. Uh, and, and this is really again, this is why I like Born Center so much, because this is the this is him turning the page. Like this is him really coming into his own and realizing that. Yeah, like I can I can be myself and still have a lot of success and I'm I can be vulnerable with with certain things and and like have a really good message to send 
um, and still, you know, still, I, like I have this audience already. People know who I am. I don't have to prove myself. I yep. can, I can do what I want. Yep. And, and we're just, I'm going to call it rich homies. Okay. Uh, yeah. the, that, that's going to be my version of it. So this, this has long been one of my favorite songs. Um, every time it, it comes on, I just really get excited because it's, first of all, it just sounds great. Um, but yeah. Sonic there's, there's, yeah, but there's a lot in here that honestly, like before I really dug in, I, I didn't even really hear, like I was, I was listening to it, but I wasn't hearing it, you know, one of those things. And, and this is at first, I kind of, when I was listening to this before this week, I always took this as a song of like his perspective of when he wasn't on top and when he was kind of broke and he was just jealous that that's what I always took it as. Um, but really digging in, it's, it's not about that at all. Like it's, again, it gets into the greed of, of just the world and, and how like, you know, the, the people that look like him, the people that grew up poor in, in areas like Fayetteville, they, they almost like they have the system rigged against them in America. Like, and it's, and it, it's not even political at this point. I've like, I've written about this there. Like the institutional racism in America is like a hundred percent provable. It's not just something that we talk about. Like there's, there's so much proof of institutions turning away poor black people for, for certain things. And he has such an interesting perspective on this because he was able to get a scholarship to a college in New York city. So he was able to overcome that. And, and he talks about, you know, being in New York and he talks more about this later on too, where he was, he was inside basically this, this city that's run by rich, white, powerful people that these are the, you know, these are the same people that are holding his people down. And, and he talks about that a lot. And he talks about, and this is not the only song he talks about this, but he talks about how poor people, and it's not just poor black people, it's poor people are just not financially literate. And that's not their fault. Like they're, our education system when it comes to money is awful. And I can tell you, like I grew up in an area that's actually pretty well off and the education system about money anywhere you live is not good. The, these people do not want lower people financially to learn how to make money the right way. They, they do not teach that in school. And again, with inner cities, it's so much worse because there's just the teachers don't want to stick around. They're not paid enough. There's not enough resources. And that's why you see a lot of these problems occurring over and over because the education is just not there. And that's something he talks about a lot. He's like, he talks about this line refund checks, use that to float. Like, you know, a lot of people get a refund check and they go blow it on, on something stupid there's a lot of people that use those refund checks because they have no other option. And, and that's just kind of like an example of, of the type that's like kind of like a, an all encompassing line for what he's talking about. And then again, he talks about the, uh, the greed and like the, the pre hook as genius defines it. Uh, there's, you know, the, there you go, selling me dreams and telling me things, you knew. So uh, it goes back to that, that skit where, 
you know, people learn stuff and, and they try to sell you a dream so they can make a buck. They're not really there to help you. They're there to make a buck. They, they might help you make a little bit. They might help you make some change, but they're making a buck. Like yep. you, you're going to only benefit from this a little bit. Yep. And then again, the hook, how much for your soul, Anna? Um, and I actually looked into this. This was actually a reference from like, I think it was a book from the 70s. Yep. yep. Where, where this girl sells her soul so she can get a brain surgery to survive. <laughs> yeah. um, and obviously, this is a lot different because the people he's talking about in this, they're selling their soul so they can make way more money than they'll ever need. So just a fascinating take on really how things are in America. And like, cause I mean, I, there's a lot of concentrated greed in America. Like there's greed everywhere, but we see it here a lot mm. where, where people, people do anything for money and selling their soul can often be included in that. Yeah. And it's also interesting. And I want to, I want to see your perspective on, on the next song, because I know you mentioned, and I, I absolutely agree if it's not thrown in there, well, an interlude or a skit, which kind of are one in the same to an extent and some points can kind of like ruin an album. But I thought personally that the where's Jermaine interlude after this, after, after the first nine songs of the album are, it was just again another interlude where you see perfectly thrown in to be like, where what's this guy thinking? Like, where is he? Where's where's Jermaine? Right? Where's Jermaine? And and it's like no, it's it's like this point where he's taking the step and it's like it's not Jermaine, it's J Cole, and I'm here to here to say what I need to say, and I'm here to make a difference, and I'm interested to hear what you say about that. Uh, but also, I want to lead you into the next one, Forbidden Fruit, which that one, that song kind of, if I'm being honest, threw me for a loop, man. And I, I replayed that one about four or five ta- four or five times, like in a row uh, today, just to kind of figure out. And I couldn't, I, I personally couldn't pin down exactly, exactly what he's, what he's, what he's saying. So I'm interested to hear what you think about those two. Yeah, the words Jermaine skit is definitely uh, um, is definitely an interesting one, and and again, it's 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 an interesting turning point where you know there's there's like a lot of talk, talk about attitude and all that and giving thanks, um, which on a side note is something a lot of people need to do more of. But um, <laughs> you know, and then Jermaine's not there, and. It, and it's kind of a reference to to how you know the the two kind of sides of him, um, which it, it, again he's so good at placing these things because again yeah. I yeah. I don't usually like this stuff yeah and and he does a good job of keeping it short enough because I think I think some of it can some of these albums it's like I don't need a two minute skit like that just throws me off too much and and I appreciate artists that are willing to make the album like an actual experience and the skits do that. Like it's not, it's not just a bunch of songs tied together. It's, it's a story. And, and like, that's something like Royce to five, nine out. I don't know if you've listened to him much, but he's really good at that at like, you can tell that like, he's not making singles and putting them together. Like he's, he's putting a story together in the form of an album. And sometimes those skits are necessary for pushing that story along. And, yep. uh, and so this is a, a, a great example of him doing that in this as well. 
And then Forbidden Fruit is, again, a really, really good song I like a lot on this album. And it's, it's again, it, it adds on more to that temptation. Um, you know, he talks about Adam and Eve and, like, eating the apple and all that. And, and, and just a lot of the stuff we see today where, you know, people – people don't understand kind of the consequences that that they are getting into when they're, you know, just willingly giving into temptation so easily. And it, it's really sad seeing it from an outside perspective that people that do this because, I mean, you're not – if you're giving into temptation that easily, you really don't have a foundation of, of morals at all. And a lot of people just never – just never get back to that. Like I, when you're younger, I think you're probably going to have that. But as you get older, you see these temptations, you start getting out of it. And I, I mean, once you start giving into temptation, like you're just kind of like a, a plastic, but <clears throat> sorry, a plastic bl- uh, bag floating around just very loosely. Like you're, you're not tied down to anything. And again, this is a great song. Um, and I really like the, the post chorus of, you know, bitches come and go, money come and go, love come and go. It's like all these things that we chase, these temptations, it's stuff that doesn't last. And it's amazing that people continue to chase that stuff because it's, it's always fleeting. It's always, there's always more, like you're never going to be happy with that stuff. And just, just a great song. And uh, I really like Kendrick Lamar in this too, because Kendrick Lamar talks about temptation a lot. Like he, he kind of calls the devil, like Lucy. That's what he always talks about in his songs. And, and for him, so for him to come on to Jay Cole's track and, and really add his angle to it, I think was uh, a really smart uh, idea by Jay Cole. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Um, And I think, I think, I think Kendrick definitely adds a lot to that. Um, you know, and at, on the surface level, it's a good sounding song. But at the same day, it's like, I think that's that was my issue, at least with it personally. It's like, I, I couldn't find that, I don't know, sonically really, really good sounding thing to keep me going. But at the end of the day, the lyrics, the the pre-chorus, the chorus, it's it's enough to, to make you think at least. And at the end of the day, at the end of the day, what J. Cole is doing just in general in this album, especially compared to the last one, is making you think, you know, and we're going to definitely talk about the theme of the album a little bit more, but compared, and you already mentioned this, compared to a lot of the other people in the hip-hop R&B kind of genre, you know, they're trying to put on this front that I'm this guy, I'm I'm the greatest, I'm this, and, and Born Center, Forbidden Fruit especially, it's like, j cole like realizing like i'm not perfect you know and i fall to these i follow these temptations and realizing this and 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 not hiding from it and not running from it's only going to make me stronger and then i think you definitely start to see that uh at the end of the album uh, as the album ends and that's something that i've really really started picking up after doing this podcast and listening and analyzing these j cole song so much more it's j cole will lead you into an album and he's gonna draw he's gonna give you about four to five really really good songs to keep you in it and then at the end of the album mid part through the album 
you're going to really start to feel what what he thinks and what what what's really really the core of the album and i'm not saying chaining days the peak of it but i think that it's a really really important song especially leading into um like uh crooked smile and uh born center the title track of course and so i a chaining day for me was uh, a really introspective song and really 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 diving deep into the issues and the the things that kind of made him who he is um and rappers just in general so i was wondering what what, what do you what do you have on that one yes yeah so i'll go ahead and say and i kind of cheated and cut out the words Jermaine skit because i didn't consider that a song but this is my three song medley uh Rich Homies, Forbidden Fruit, Chaining Day. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, I could listen to these three songs just, like, seamlessly and, and, and really enjoy it the entire time. And Chaining Day is always a song I liked because it just got a really nice flow to it. Um, it. It's, like, a really easy song to kind of bob along to. But this past week, I've really realized, man, like, there this the, the, the story in here is, is so telling. And... He leads into it perfectly because Forbidden Fruit has a little skit at the end where he's going to pick up a chain and he talks about this Jesus piece, which he goes right into a chaining day. Uh, you know, so he, he starts talking about right off the bat how he's pathetic because he just bought a chain um, and talking about how greed, pain and fame, you know, led him to to kind of searching for, for joy and material items. Um, and he says, I'm knee deep in the game and it ain't what I thought. And so he, he's really realizing here that he's, he's almost made a lot of mistakes leading up to this point and he wants to start changing his ways. And a little bit later on the first verse, he talks about how, you know, he's, he's made all this money and he hasn't even bought a house yet. He's been blowing money on, on stupid stuff like jewelry. And just a, just another great example of, of what he's talking about with, you know, kind of the deception of money and how people will, uh, you know, especially a lot of people where that come from where he came from, where they don't understand money. So they try to prove that they have money by buying stuff like these chains and how, you know, the again going back to like the white institutionalized rich people like they don't they don't buy chains they have investment portfolios and they have all this stuff that you know he talks about later on and he just talks about how it's like it's kind of bringing his his people down where they just they spend all this money on chains to look rich but you're not actually building wealth with any of that stuff and then he gets into the Jesus piece at the end, which is like, he talks about how Jesus has iced out hair. And it's like, and if you go on genius, you can see an example of this where there's this Jesus chain and his hair is all diamonds. And it's like, this is exactly the opposite of what Jesus represents. Um, So he just talks about, you know, some of the hypocrisy in that and the irony of, um, of the Jesus piece in particular. But again, he talks about how, you know, these, these chains are not the way to go. That's not how, you know, you don't have to show yourself as rich. It's, it's all deceiving and it can be deceiving 
to anyone. And at the end or in the course, he talks about how this is his last piece. I swear, you know, he's like, he's done with it. And I, I just thought this was a great, a great track um, specifically going off that money and the greed angle. But no, and I think that's that's really interesting angle, um, Hughes, because – and I'm going to keep going back to this at the end of the day, but, like, this, that's the separation. That is the separation between um, Born Sinner and, honestly, probably the rest of his albums in Cold World where he's able to keep this message through every single song, you know, through every single song in, in different ways, you know, and – you hear born center you hear many different ways in which j cole is a born center and that, that's why i like the album so much but this one compared to the game specifically like the the hip hop game is where you really really start to see the message kind of start to come through and like oh okay um he's realizing he's different he's realizing he's not just a rapper he's not just an artist he's not just trying to be what all these other people are that he sees around him. He's, he's, he's trying to be, he's trying to change the game. You know, he's, he's literally trying to change the game and make these people realize that like, it's okay to be vulnerable. And I I think the Jesus piece specifically is like such a great, such a great metaphor for that because Again, he's a born sinner, so he doesn't have to prove, you know, with the Jesus piece. He, I mean, anymore, although he bought it, he doesn't have to prove these things by driving around in these cars or having $100,000, multiple $100,000 chains on his neck to be who he wants to be. And I think that you just start to see that translate into his music more. And you, you see a lot of rappers who you know, who make music that's good music, right? It's, I mean, it's good to bump along to, but they make all this money and then they prove, they try to prove themselves with materialistic things. And instead, J. Cole keeps just moving forward, right? Moving forward musically, because I think you realize at the end of the day, that's, that's what he is. You know, he's, he's a songwriter. He's, he's a artist and he doesn't need anything other than his, uh, compilation of songs to prove who he is and i mean even even more than that he doesn't need the compilation of songs to prove who he is he just needs he needs himself and i think that's specifically that's why that's where you get into uh crooked smile and you got another interlude to kind of separate them but going back into kind of like his issues with women and his issues with uh, having a relationship, you know, it's again, he doesn't have to be perfect. He has this crooked smile, you know, and he's not going to change it. And um, th- this for me were, was my my three song medley that I was going to choose. So it's kind of interesting that they, they all line up between us. He is, which I love. I love. Not going to lie. They all line up. But uh, Crooked Smile, obviously a big track off the album. Lesson, letting us down. And then Board Center to finish the um, the finish the original cut of the album. Those three were my... Uh, or my, my three song medley throughout both of them, because, you know, and like I mentioned, I, I thought we could probably have one of the earlier ones, but the content within these song within these songs just really, really kind of 
you know, push the born sinner album, the born sinner ideology, ideology into um, the, the fucking stratosphere, man. Like, like legitimately. Um, and I, I listened to Crooked Smile a lot. Obviously, that was a radio song off the album, a, a top hit song off the album. Um, but I, I heard Less Let Nas Down, and I, I texted you instantly after I kind of realized what it was about. I was like, "Huge, Let Nas Down, man, that one, that, that one hits." And then the title track, "Born Sinner." Uh, I mean, oh my lord, man! Like these songs, like if you want to talk about the culmination of an album, which this was the culmination. Before you get to the deluxe version, and we'll talk about that a little bit. But if you want to talk about the culmination of an album and bringing it full full circle, I'm not sure that there's uh, another three tracks that do it better. And I'm talking about through his whole discography. So uh, I, I'd like to hear what you think about those. Yes. Yeah, Crooked Smile is another great one because again, this this is another example of of him going on this kind of roller coaster where like it's impossible to not feel good listening to the song. Yeah, I mean this this is this is I put in my I know it's like this is a self love anthem. Mm-hmm. I mean this this is recognizing that you know you have your flaws and that's good. Like it's not only okay, it's good. Yeah. Like you gotta, you gotta accept who you are. And, you know, if you want to change some things, that's fine. But at the end of the day, everyone has a crooked smile in their own way. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you just got to embrace that. And, and like me personally, I've really, you know, the self love journey is, is one that I think everyone, hopefully everyone goes on to at some point. I know everyone doesn't, but the earlier you start, the better because, you know, you really just, you really stop caring about other things. And especially in, in someone in his position where when you're famous and rich, you're judged by everyone, even people that like you are going to judge you in some way. And you have to understand that and be okay with that. And the crooked smile is just a great way of showing like, you know, I don't care what you say about me. I'm good. Like I'm good with myself and I'm happy. And that's all that matters. So very important song. Um, and again, another example of a radio song that has a great message in it. So it's, it's just further proof of him becoming a, a more well-rounded artist in such a short time. Like I yeah. mentioned last week from the come up to the warm up, you see dramatic leaps in the message and the style. And you see this, I think from these two albums too, with Cold World and Born Center, where just in a short time, you see dramatic improvements in, in the message and how he's delivering it. So just a great uh, example of that. And then Let Nas Down is one of the staple songs in this album. Absolutely. So like this, this is what I was referencing to earlier with Work Out, where you know he loves Nas, and he finally gets to meet him, and, and he finds out Nas is a fan, and he's like all excited about it. And and then he puts out work out and he hears back and and Nas doesn't like it. And he's he's confused. He's like, there's a there's a little thing. He said, um, you mean telling me that I was not up to par when I followed my heart? Granted, my heart was tainted by my mind. They kept on saying, Where's the hits? You ain't got none. You know, Jay'll never pull your album out without none. So he's getting in his head. 
he's like, I need hits. I got to put hits out. So he puts work out. And, you know, he knew in his heart that that was not probably not the right thing to do, but he convinced himself through, you know, that ego where again, the fear we talked about last week, the fear driven ego yep. is like, Oh, you know, I got to get hits or Jay's not going to put my album out. He's, he's, he's getting off the path. He's not trusting his process. He's not following his heart. He's, he's working out of fear because he's scared that Jay Z's not going to put his album out. So he puts workout out and, and Nas is like, this is, this ain't it like this. And there's another line early on. He's like, you, uh, you're supposed to be the one or something like, I can't find it, but he's like, you, the one, like, how could you put this out? Like, this is not, this is not who you are. And so it, it really gives, it gives great reflection on that whole album, I think, because again, as we talked about already with Cold World, there's like four or five radio songs that again, they sound great, but there's nothing to feel in them. There's nothing that, yep. that the things that we love J. Cole for now, yep. that stuff's not in there. You, you can tell what he's making those songs for. And this is just a great, again, a great example of him coming to realizations and becoming aware. And, and of course he does it through Nas, but you know, Nas shows him that like, you got to get back on your path. Like the things that I like you for, that's, that's not what that was. So get back on that. And, and of course with this album, he does it perfectly. Yeah. You see it. You absolutely see it (laughs) manifesting in this album, like literally, man. And so that's why I think let Nas down. And that's why I threw it in because sonically you know when on your first kind of you kind of talked about this a little bit earlier (coughs) excuse me the first listen through of the album you know you pick up a couple songs and you're like oh those those are good and it's not until the second and third listen through of this of this of this album where you're like let Nas down wow that's that's really kind of what you know, this was all about, you know, it, it wasn't all about Nas and it wasn't all about letting him down. Right. But that's kind of where the crooked smile, that's where the born sinner kind of comes in, you know? And it's like, he's realizing like, you know, I've not been perfect in the past and that's, and I'm about to go into deep about what I, what I take from this album. And I'm going to talk about born center a little bit uh, as well with it. And then we're going to talk about the deluxe version. I gotta, I got I'm going to talk to you about that, but let knots down is where I really think this album peaks. And it's where really J Cole kind of talks about like, him being a born center and him doing what it takes to get in the industry and him having to do, ha- having, having to feel like he had to do those things to become who he wanted to be. Right. And I, I, I just think it's so interesting because of the dynamic, as we mentioned earlier with him respecting his elders, that he takes this kind of Avenue to, uh, explain those feelings and explain those thoughts. And he goes so much deeper into um, what he means by that within the song. But I think when you turn over to the next song and it's Born Center, the title track, it's like, okay, wh- what do you want to hear? 
and then he says, I mean, the first couple lines are so phenomenal in this, in the first verse, spinning in circles, live, live my life without rehearsal. If I died today, was it business? Was it personal? Was it personal? Should be the, should this be my last breath? I'm blessed because it was purposeful. And that, that right there, that right there is a crux of this album in my opinion and that's why i picked those those last three of the original release to be my um my three song medley throughout this whole podcast because it it is that realization it is that realization of you know like i'm not i'm not going to be anyone for anyone else you know i'm not going to be who i want to be for someone else i'm not going to be all this for someone just to get people to listen to me and just to receive that appreciation from other people. I'm going to do this how I want to fucking do it. I'm going to do this and say what I need to say because it, that's what I feel like at the end of the day makes me feel better. And so that's why, you know, that this album as a whole and this song that completes it to an extent, right? Because you have the deluxe version uh, really, really hits, 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 hits a different level with me and it's that one line should this be my last breath i'm blessed because it was purposeful and you know at the end of the day man at the end of the day that's all that matters and like you could go through literally hell and back you could go through anything and uh, everyone does every single person does go through i mean you know hell and back to their own perspective right but at the end of the day if i died you know, at least I feel like I've, I've realized the things that I need to realize and I'm, I'm trying to make a difference. I'm trying to speak. I'm trying to help other people. And at the, again, at the end of the day, that's what this album does to me, at least in J. Cole's perspective. It's him realizing, okay, this rap game is not about the money. This rap game's not about the fame. It's not about the bitches. It's not about the cars. It's not about all that other materialistic things. It's about bringing awareness to the issues and that not only the black community faces, which you see a lot, you, you see a lot, especially moving into Forest Hills Drive, uh, but just everyone and to a different extent faces as well. And it's like accepting the fact that you're not perfect, accepting that your fact that you put on this earth as a sinner, re- realizing because, you know, in your first 10, 15, 20 years of growing up, you're just trying to, you, 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 you think to other people, for what to do and you think to other people for like how how do i live this life correctly and it's him realizing in these last three tracks that i'm gonna do what i want to do that would make me you know feel fulfilled right and at the end of the day for j cole to feel fulfilled it's the fact that he's living his life in a purposeful manner you know and again I'm going to go a little bit deeper in the board center lyrics, but the chorus, man. And I, (laughs) I made this my bio. (laughs) I made this my bio on Twitter. That's how much I related to it, but I'm a born sinner, but I'll die better than that. You know, you were always where you needed to be, whether you were there or not. I, I was born sinning, but I live better than that. If you're not fucking with that, I don't care. Like, and that's the one that really hits, hits me, man. Like he's, that's him realizing he's not doing it for all these other people, all the family. If you're not fucking with that, he's going to try to be a better person Then he, he just doesn't care, you know? And I, and I think you, not only do you hear that, but you feel it as well. 
uh, Hughes. And so I'd be interested to hear what you, you have to say about that. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with all of that. And, and again, I, I think again, the deluxe version, when you listen to the, the deluxe version, it almost throws it off because you don't get the conclusion that this was meant to be with this song. Mm-hmm. And if you take all the deluxe songs out of it, because I I've never listened to the song not in the deluxe edition, so I don't understand. Like, I just would have loved to listen to this album with Born Sinner as the actual last song because it just does such a great job of of wrapping things up and everything that he talked about in the entire album comes together in this one song. Absolutely. And and this is something we I talked last week about how J Cole even early on, which is really interesting. He's always talked about death. He's always been fascinated by death. And last week, it was him being scared to die young because he didn't feel like he had done enough yet. But in this song, he's like, you know what? If, if I was to die tonight, I feel like I lived the life I needed to live. Like, I feel like, like you said, I feel like I learned what I need to learn. I feel like I did what I needed to do. And now... Like, I don't want to die, but if I did, I would be okay with that. Even and that one that's moment, just- even that one moment, you know, and I think that's the most important about this song and this album as a whole. It's like, you're, you're trying to find what you need to do to live a good life. And he, like he says in Born Sinner, you know, if I died tonight at the end of Born Sinner, right at the end of it, at least this album, at least this one thing that I've done was purposeful. At least I did it for not necessarily more than me. I did it for other people. And I think that that's a realization that I really, really enjoy because like you mentioned, he has been fascinated with death and it's finally like he's realized it's not the fact that he's realized that like his rest, the rest of his life, he's going to live this purposeful way. And so that has justified him for living but it's like no this album that i put out that's everything that you know at least up until this point i feel like i could give to the world and if i die tonight knowing that then i'm okay with that i'm okay with that not having to do any more just knowing that the last thing that i've done was for a reason and i i think that's super empowering and really, really culminates the album. Really, really does. And I, I, I cut you off, you. So if you want to talk about the end of uh, the non-deluxe version, go ahead. But I do want to lead you with another question. What, what do you think the, the deluxe version adds? So, yeah, kind of just take off with that then. Yeah, so just to wrap up Born Center, like another thing he says is Born Center was never born to be perfect, which, again, like these are the lyrics that really just like put us like even just now I just smiled like thinking about it because it's so perfect it's like it's not perfect but it is perfect like he this is an album that again we just had a freaking huge discussion about how great it is but he recognizes that you know as a born sinner and hell it's called born sinner like it's it's not going to be perfect but it's just the best he could do and, and this is something I talked about last week with awareness is power. Like that's, that's how we have power. And this album is the perfect culmination of all his awareness becoming power. And that's what this album is, is just a culmination of awareness. And it's just so 
it's so great. And I just think that song in particular was, was just a beautiful way uh, to wrap everything up. And I think that was the perf. We talked earlier about how he's so good at introductions, but this, this was like the perfect way to what kind of like seal the envelope of this album. Absolutely. Um, but, but leading into the deluxe edition. So the songs are very good. Um, I think they do relate to the rest of the album. It, it, it skews a little bit, but again, he's, he's so, he's so good at, he's just so good at what he does at this point that he kind of makes it fit. And I wish, I think I would have liked it better if these songs weren't kind of just tacked onto the end. If, you know, if it would have been nice if he kind of came in with a plan to mix these songs in throughout the album, I think it would have worked better like flow wise if he did it that way. Um, But as far as the songs go, so again, a lot of the same, a lot of the same messages. So Miss America, you start off with, he talks about being stuck between this rich lifestyle he's found himself in now where he's, he didn't, he didn't want to lose his roots because he recognizes like, yeah, like I'm rich and successful now and I could very well take advantage of this and forget who I was. But then he realizes like, you know, I have to take advantage of my platform and, and bring people up that are, that are suffering from the stuff I suffered from, but overcame. And New York times, which I love listening to. It's one of my favorite songs um, and a great boss feature on there. And I'm not a hundred percent sure. I think Boz may have been the first person that signed to J Cole's um, label Dreamville. If he wasn't the first, he was one of the first, but he's, he's a pretty good um, Dreamville. Hasn't really had anyone that's popped. I don't know if Jid, Jid might be under Dreamville actually. Yeah, he, is. He, is. he he's yeah. So he, he's popped, but a lot of these other guys haven't really popped yet. Um but that's a side note, but Dreamville does have some nice up and coming guys um, that maybe we'll talk about in the future, but the New York times is basically goes back to some of the stuff earlier on how he talks about how, you know, he's walking in New York city and sees all these financial institutions that a lot of black people help build, but they didn't get any credit for it. And there's just, the whole song is, is almost kind of like a, a retaliation against the, the establishment. Like we talked earlier about with, you know, the cops killing black people and, and black people being held down, held down financially. There's, there's a lot of that, um, which again is a very important message that is important to him because again, he has that unique perspective of growing up poor in, in North Carolina and also seeing the rich side in New York city. So you kind of get the tail ends of the spectrum from, from Jay Cole. So he, that's why he's really good at talking about this stuff. Cause he has that unique perspective where he actually saw both. Yep. Um, and I guess before I get too ahead of myself, I guess I'll kick it over to you to see if you have anything to add to that. Um, I mean, just in general, I think, you know, I think there's no doubt that the album culminates with Born Center, right? I, 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 there's no argument <laughs> with that, especially when you look into... I think the album definitely culminates in Born Center, right? And it's him kind of finalizing Born Center to an extent. 
And then when he when he adds these songs on, you know, I mean, it's in their title to an extent, but obviously in in, in the songs as well, uh, at least with Miss America and New York Times, he really starts pushing beyond uh, the idea of himself. Right. And I think that's a lot what we're going to talk about next week in Forest Hills Drive, which I am so excited to talk about. So excited because that's been one of my favorite albums, like literally one of easily top five favorite albums of all time. And, you know, Born Center might have crept into that uh, that level as well. I haven't really thought about that, but it's 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 him like, OK, moving beyond the Born Center part of 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 him and that's why it's a deluxe edition it's him moving more it's him looking forward into thinking okay i i've realized everything to an extent right because we never realize everything about ourselves so we always learn more and more and more but i've realized enough to an extent about myself that i could start talking about some of these issues and start writing about some of these issues in a in a more logical form and a more and and, and putting it out there you know and i i enjoyed I enjoyed these songs. Um, I thought they were all pretty good songs. My favorite one probably being the uh, the 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 end track with uh, Gene Akio Aiko. I don't, you know, I'm a botcher that name every single time. But we're gonna have fun with it. We're gonna have fun with it. But um, you know, I think at least the deluxe edition of the album definitely helps to conceptualize Forest Hills Drive. If that makes any sense, Hughes. Yeah, and you know, not to skip over "Is She Gonna Pop" or "Homies Know" the white version of that title yeah. <laughs> um, too much, but you know, I, just real quick, like "Is She Gonna Pop" is is kind of him concluding this whole sex stuff where he's like, you know the the chasing women is is just not the way to go and he talks about how a lot of guys have nothing but a phone full of hoes basically <laughs> where they got nothing to offer but but they got nothing to mm-hmm. offer these girls but a phone full of girls that look just like them it's like yep. and and it's again it's like an important thing to get out there because i i think all men in general just need to realize that like you have to center your life around yourself and and the things that you're trying to do in your own career or your own, you know, mission or passion or whatever you want to call it. Like that's, that's the stuff you got to start with. A lot of people don't start there. They, they gravitate there uh, after money or women or whatever. Um, and, and like one thing I thought of while listening to this song is, is the quote build it and they will come, which is kind of what J. Kill talks about. It's like, you know, stack that bread they'll they'll come like you don't need to focus on them they'll come later on um but sparks will fly was a great way to lead into four sills drives and especially for your eyes only which we'll get to later on uh for your eyes only another really really good j cole album that i'm excited to get to um but sparks will fly is like him finally realizing like maybe i do want to settle down with a girl you know, like maybe, maybe it's finally time for that. Like me, if I'm not there yet, I'm close. And again, way different than anything that he's talked about up to this point. He's talked about the exact opposite of that, how he does not want to settle down with a girl, but now he kind of starts to think, you know, maybe it's not the worst idea. Maybe it's not the worst thing for me. 
So I, I thought that was a really nice way to to transition to his into four sales drive. Yeah, there's no doubt about that, um, Hughes. And that's, I mean, I guess that's where we are now. Um, you know, we're going to move on to four sales drive for the next pod, but I kind of want to, uh, I'm going to let you know what I took from both of these albums. And then I kind of want to hear a, what you, what you took. And then if you have anything to add on to what I said, go ahead. But, you know, I mean, as we've talked about, as we've talked about before, uh, I mean, earlier in this pod, Cold World was, you know, and no disrespect by this, a, a kind of uh, prototypical debut album, you know, where you have to still prove yourself and still, um, still, you know, show that you're, you're here for the game and you're here, you're here to do it big, right? Uh, but at the same time, I think the vulnerability to at the end sets up born center and you know we see the same and we talked about this before uh, uh in the mixtapes but what cole really is good is building off the last last project that he's had and kind of realizing where he was in his last project and then moving forward and kind of um you know playing that out in in the next in whatever's next for him and at least in Born Center, I think that's kind of like the culmination of the, the the beginning of his career to an extent where he's finally figured himself out. He's not trying to be perfect. And me personally, that's that's the biggest thing that I've took, taken from the two albums in this podcast. It's because, you know, we try to look forward and you compare yourself to other people, other rappers and Cole's in Cole's lane, but in my, my lane, it's, you know, different people of who I want to be and different people who on the surface level look like these perfect individuals who, who've got it all figured out. Right. Um, but in born center, it's just this realization that's like, no one's perfect, man. Like we're a born center. We're all born centers. You know, we're all born under the, preconceived ideas of the past generation and what they believe to be right. And so we're naturally going to pick up some of those ideologies and kind of run with them. And it's not until you are able to accept the fact that you've made these mistakes, as some people would like to call them. I know we talked about that last. Or these, if you've done these things that help you to lead yourself to these uh, lessons and these, th- these realizations that you know, that that's not who I want to be. And I think that's what Born Center specifically is all about. Um, it's, yeah, I've done these things in the past. Um, and I, I, you know, maybe I'm not necessarily happy about who I was and what I did. But I at least am man enough and, 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 and open enough to talk about that and realize what I did and accept the fact that maybe that's not who I want to be. And I think moving forward, you definitely start to see that in his discography. Um, and it's, I, I don't know, I just think it's a really, really, really good point in his career that is accepting of who he is and understanding of who he is and you're not, you know, not, necessarily, not necessarily throwing that away and being exactly who he is and using that going forward into who he wants to be. Yeah. I mean, a hundred percent agree. And like, again, so cool world is like, I feel like I look at it as like the, 
the middle ground of the old coal kind of blending into the new coal where it's it's mixtape coal turning into album coal it's like you know he talks about the come up he talks about chasing women talks about money but then he he starts to delve into those deeper topics like his his dad not being there and and how it hurts him when he sees his mom struggle and how it hurts him when he sees you know younger women that grow up without a father and younger men you know the, he starts to really get into that and then follows it up with born sinner where it's just smack dab in the face. Here's a lesson. Here's a lesson. Here's a lesson. And Hey, I'm also going to make it sound incredible, whether it's on the radio or not. So, (laughs) and I I think born center was the first project where you could listen to it straight through and like, not even think about really skipping anything. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the, the prior, the prior four projects, Again, all very good through and through, but there's some stuff. It's like, oh, I've heard this enough times. Like, it's, it's the same old story. But Born Center is just fresh. Like, these, this is what I want to talk about. I don't really care if you like it or not. This stuff's important to me. But if you want to hang around, like, you're probably going to learn something from it. So mm-hmm. just, just a great, great album. And again, perfectly sets up everything else he's done since then. And like you mentioned, he he's so good at setting up the next thing. And honestly, I don't even know if he's trying to. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, don't even, I don't even know if the earlier Cole had enough awareness or foresight to even look ahead to his next project and be able to do it. But whether he tried to or not, he does such a great job of building off the last thing and, and, and setting up the next thing. And, and, I just born center again, like just digging through it this week. I just learned so much that I just didn't hear in all the other times I've listened to it. And and I really, really enjoyed going back and digging through it. So I guess, I guess my next question would be, um, what's your biggest takeaway uh, uh, from, I guess the podcast as a whole, Uh, my takeaway, like I mentioned, is going to be from born center and, I mean, I, I think we all, to an extent, I know me personally, are um, perfectionists, especially if you kind of know what you want to do and you're on the path to doing what you want to do. Um, you know, you try to be literally perfect and you try to, you know, not make excuses for anything. And, um, you know, you try to, you just try to keep going and push past some of these, like these thoughts. But part of, part of, becoming who you want to be is not necessarily pushing past these thoughts yet be like we mentioned before like this is our second podcast about it but like becoming aware of the thoughts and understanding them and not necessarily running from them right and taking them and realizing that you know your past life your thoughts all all it does is help you become a better version of you today you know, and like, like we talked about in the title track, which I think it's it's so perfect to come back to. It's, you know, if I die today, my last breath is purposeful. You know, at least I've been man enough. At least I've been human enough to not run from these thoughts and kind of take them, take them in stride. And so that's, that's the biggest takeaway with, from me, from these two albums. And I mean, I guess born center specifically, but 
you know, not no one's perfect. Not not a single person is perfect. Because what is perfect? I mean, there's no such thing as perfect. We're we're all so much different. So, the 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 closer you want to be to being who you are is accepting, you know, everything you've done in the past. You know, and that's born center. At least to me, that's that's the biggest takeaway that I had. Yeah, the takeaways come from Born Center for me as well. It's just like these these external things that a lot of us get caught up in, it just doesn't pay off at the end of the day. Like you can have your fun in the meantime, but you're going to look back and realize that it wasn't necessarily a waste of time, but it just doesn't do anything for you anymore. It's, it's not going to keep you going the way you need it to. And And this is something that me and you talk about, you know, off the air, on the air now where it's like everything we need is inside us. Mm-hmm. And, and this, this was an example of Cole really realizing that. And especially with let Nas down where he, he realizes like I wasn't being true to myself. I wasn't, you know, being true to my heart and look what it got me. Someone I idolize, you know, wasn't necessarily mad at me, but he was disappointed. Yep. And it's, it's just, it's, it's the realization for him where he's like, I gotta, I gotta stay on this path. I got to stay true to myself. And again, crooked smile, same thing. We all have flaws. We all make mistakes, but just be okay with that. Be who you are and whether people like you or not, it doesn't matter because Mm -hmm. like you're happy at the end of the day, you're doing what you want, what you love. And that's all that matters. So just, just a great lesson from that. And again, there's, there's so many little things inside that album that, are so telling, but those, I think that's the, the all encompassing uh, thing he tried to get across. Yeah. And whenever you look at things from like a, a closed minded um, uh, to an extent perspective, you're like, okay, what, why would I just think more about myself? Like why, why, why look internally? Why look introspectively? I mean, other than, other than to make yourself better, like, right. That's a natural kind of ideology for that people want to do. But it's like when there's so much fucked up shit going on with the world that you see around us, it's like, okay, why focus on myself? And I think when you look forward into uh, next week, uh, which our discussion about Forest Hills drive, um, which is, which is what that's going to be about. I think it's interesting to think like, okay, once, once, J. Cole was able to battle the demons within himself. He's able to te- take on the external de- demons with another kind of, you know, level of power with a level of understanding, right? It's because, you know, once you battle and a quote that I've always kind of attached myself to is once you, once you fight the demons within yourself, once you once you're able to come and you know fight maybe not be the right term but once you're able to come to terms with the demon within yourself all of them there's nothing externally that could bring you down you know there's there's literally nothing else because like the toughest demons i think we face uh comes from within and i think this is a perfect kind of like you mentioned, whether he did it consciously or subconsciously or whether it's the way it was meant to be, I think it's a perfect lead into Four Sills Drive where it's like, all right, man, I'm not so focused on fixing myself because, you know, there's no necessary thing as fixing yourself compared to uh, finding an understanding of who you are and who you have been. And so once he's come to that understanding, it's 
like yeah, Forest Hills Drive, and it's like, okay, what's what's going on with the world? What's going on with the situations? How did how did what I've been through kind of how could that help other people? And I think that's the most beautiful part about this album. It's this taking off point from J. Cole's discography, which we're going to talk about a lot, a lot more in the future, of course, to where he can move on past the point where he's not trying to prove himself to anyone other than himself, other than himself. And I think that's, that's really the most important part. Hughes, you got anything to uh, kind of toss here? And at the end then, Again, man, I, I could. I'm gonna drive it into the ground. All life is fear versus love, mind versus the heart, and like that's exactly what he he gets at, man. It's like, and like you said, those inner demons that we face, like that's a lot of that stuff is is stuff that we build up on our own, and and once we're able to realize that, address those demons, like nothing can get to you, man. Nothing can get to you, and that's something J Cole perfectly detailed in this album so again just uh a, a round of applause to born center for me absolutely you're not the only one and uh like i mentioned probably like three or four times of the episode already i had not listened to born center other than you know crooked smile um power trip she knows maybe trouble once or twice i realized i heard trouble and i was like oh, okay i know that song that song's fire uh, but I hadn't listened to the title track much. And I'm like, God damn, man, this guy on another level. Like, I thought this guy gets it. And I, I would have told anyone that this guy gets it, man. But then the more I listen to him, it's like, man, this guy fucking gets it. Like, just legitimately understands it. And so that's why I'm so, so, so excited uh, for next week. And to talk about, okay, this is the culmination of J. Cole. We kind of figured out who J. Cole is, right, in these last two pods. So what's this guy got to say? What's this guy got to say? And I, I, that, that for me is what Forest Hills Drive is about. And uh, I'll let you um, kind of talk about what you're looking forward to, at least as it relates to next, next week, because I know I, we, haven't had a, we haven't had a segment hog wild yet, but if there's going to be a hog wild segment, then it's going to be on uh, next week. Uh, so what, what are you looking forward to about next week? If, if you have any ideas, use. Yeah, I'm excited because I haven't listened to Forest Hills Drives completely through in a good amount of time. I remember going back to it last year, but not in, in its entirety. Um, and, and this was, and I'm happy that that happened because after the past two weeks of listening to all the stuff he's done before, I now have the perfect foundation for what's to come. Mm-hmm. And obviously I, I've listened to that album so many times over the years that I haven't forgot much, but I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of stuff that sticks out um, that I maybe did forget about. And now because of all this stuff, uh, I'm going to be able to be like, Oh, wow. And, and one thing that he's so good about is this connective tissue between albums mm-hmm. And like we just talked about uh, with Power Trip and Dreams, I mean, there was so much time separation between those two songs, but they're connected. Mm-hmm. And that's just a great example of what he can do. So I'm, I'm just excited to, to really dive back into that, again, without listening to it in a while and having all this newfound knowledge from the stuff leading up to it and see if there's any of that connective tissue in there. Yeah, I'm excited as well. He is. I uh, 
placed an order actually not too long ago for uh, Forest Hills Drive uh, for the vinyl version of it because I got a record player this Christmas and you know we we listen to music on our phone a lot you know and you have special connections to albums but when when you buy it you're able to hold it in your hand you're like all right let's put this mug on let's see what he has to say especially in vinyls there's no uh there's no like uh uh disconnection between the songs at all except for when you have to flip it over so i know i'm gonna be uh sending that thing through my record player a couple of times uh you know at least within the next week bob and so uh honestly another good podcast man a really really good podcast i thought we got a lot um talked about a lot, talked about a lot about life and, you know, J. Cole and how, you know, we could all grow through that. So this has been another episode of The Divine Rhyme. Uh, Will Hawksett here, Dylan Hughes, my faithful and very, very introspective co-host, always always talking about what, what needs to be talked about. Good dynamic here. Uh, again, within the Running Hook Podcast Network, grateful for Alex Burr and everyone else who allowed us to take part in this um, in this journey and excited to see where it goes. A couple quick shout outs uh, before we get out of here uh, for the Running Hook Podcast Network. We got Alex and Dylan pa- Basketball Power Hour. Dylan Hughes, my uh, co-host, also part of a, a basketball po- uh, power hour podcast with Alex Burr. Last, year, last week, they talked about the Thunder, Hornets, and Nuggets. This week, we got uh, the Spurs, Hawks, and Knicks coming out Friday. Little Knicks chatter. Little Knicks chatter. I'm sure uh, Griffith, Griffith is excited for that one. Uh, Lynn Sanity last week, they talked about the Final Four. Uh, we had a bunch of bunch of our uh, members of the Running Hook Podcast Network, um, you know, actually live and covering the Final Four when it came out. So I'm sure that's, that's a good episode. Um, a lot of good content within there. We got Lynn Sanity, the future hiatus until end of April is what, <laughs> is what it says on my uh, on my little Google Doc here. Not necessarily knowing what that means, but if there's anyone that could come up with content, it's definitely uh, Caleb Lynn. Again, real real good command of his words. If we're going to come back to full circle on this podcast, I just know it's out of talk with a mic. Not going to lie. Really good with it. So uh, check that out. Uh, Circle City Circle City Cinema. Give a listen to that. Zach Griffith. Again, a absolutely pop culture movie nerd, man. That guy knows what he's talking about. Really, really in-depth into it. Um, got a Battleground uh, podcast. And then T.O.P. T.O.P. Triple Option podcast with Devin Voss and Ryan Gregory. Them boys know a lot about football. And uh, they'll tell you all about it. They got uh, the top offensive draft prospects coming out on Monday. And then a couple more plugs. We got Facts and Stacks with J.D. Hall, another great mind. Uh, I mean, genuinely just a great mind. Uh, Really, really love hearing that guy talk. So if you can, check that out. Um, You know, uh, can't wait to have that guy on our podcast. You know, whatever, whatever it be about, probably a little future in the future. (laughs) <laughs> a little future in the future from JD, but I uh, can't wait to hear what that guy has to say. And then the last one from One Young Soul to Another, a book written by none other than Dylan Hughes, uh, the gun himself. I've got I've bought the hardcover version or the paperback version, got it sitting at my desk, read it, read it back, going through it again. 
uh, just a lot of good content about life, a lot of good uh, vulnerability, like we've been talking about, J. Cole. Um, really pick it up. It's on Amazon, any other places. You want to you wanna give yourself a little self-plug here, Hughes? A little self-plug here? <laughs> yeah, it's on Amazon. And listen, okay, five bucks for the ebook. Five bucks. So not <laughs> and listen, you can get you can get the Kindle app on your phone. You don't even need a real Kindle. Get the Kindle app on your phone. It's like fifty something pages. If you like hearing me talk about life, and, and I feel like even though even since I published the book, a lot of stuff has progressed in my mind. So Need an updated version of a book? Maybe one coming soon. Not sure. Uh, we'll see. Stay tuned. But uh, you know, hint, hint. Um, but yeah, man. If if you uh, if you want to learn a couple things from me, go ahead and check that out. Um, but otherwise, I appreciate you listening to this podcast. Either way. Absolutely. In the day, thank you um, to everyone who's listened to the Divine Rhyme. Uh, with Hogshead and Hughes. Hope that you're able to, you know, pick something up. Hope that you're able to learn something kind of relate, you know, whether it be mine and Hughes' perspective or just J. Cole's perspective in general about uh, to yourself and and life and, and you know, how, how, how we want to live moving forward because at the end of the day, that's all we got forward, you know, moving forward and, you know, can't really look back. I mean, you can, but at the end of the day, the only thing you could change is the future. So that's going to be it for uh, the second episode of Divine Rhyme. Next week, we got Forest Hills Drive. I'm looking forward to it. I hope you are as well. Thanks again for tuning in. Divine Rhyme, Running Hook Podcast Network. <laughs>